This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Welcome to another episode of Waterfowl Wednesday on the Full Scale Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host, co-host, Nick Johnson, joined by the regular host, Dale Luganbill. How you doing, Dale? Good. I really wish I was like fluent in Spanish because I would have just rattled off something and it would have been like impressive, but. Oh, I wish I was fluent in Spanish too, man, because those duck guides down in Mexico are awesome. And I couldn't exchange any stories with them. <laughs> I, I was they, able. They had to have broken English at least. Yeah. Very little. Like, I'm kind of surprised like that, like our uh, our duck guide Blas is his name i think b-l-a-s and uh he's been working there for like 35 years and he knows like very little english but man you would think like man if i just do a few english classes you know i could probably get much bigger tips from these american dudes or he speaks fluently but he just likes to fuck with people (laughs) yeah (laughs) we were able to kind of talk a little bit like he said that he goes to uh like arizona and florida every summer and does concrete work Hmm. so you'd think you would pick some up but i don't think you really need to know english to do construction in america i mean aren't you married to a spanish-speaking individual yeah i feel like you would pick things up i actually did pick up (laughs) I have picked up some things I, that I never knew until I got to Mexico. And, like, we were sitting at a, 
you know, at the breakfast table, and I would say, uh, "Mas café, por favor," which means more coffee, please. I think I could have figured that one out. Right, and I'm like, wait a second, how did I know how to say that? <laughs> wait, <a minute. laughs> and even stuff like duck, which is pato, and dove, which is paloma. Hmm, I did not know that paloma. Paloma. I just had so. A do drink. you want to hear a drink called a paloma? It really, was, a uh, dove drink? I guess they're called. I guess that I didn't know that's what it was. I didn't know that's what it meant, but yeah. It's just one of the, you know, you know, American marketing. They're like, this sounds fancy and, and foreign. Let's call this the Paloma. It did the have Paloma? tequila in it, though, so, I mean, it kind of makes sense. It was uh, tequila, well, um, grapefruit juice, and club soda. Do you want to hear about Mexico, then? Is yeah. that what we should do this episode? Yes. I yes, mean, it kind of sucked, right? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it looked really <laughs> terrible. I don't know how you did it. It looked just like a oh. terrible time. It, uh, well, first of all... I booked through UWC Adventures. So just for anybody curious, I've just been answering that message a bajillion times. Ultimate Waterfowler Challenge Adventures, uwcadventures.com. And this is their Mexican duck hunt. So this year with um, COVID, there's significantly fewer flights down into Mexico. So we had a one day where we had to sit around and do nothing. So we got a... uh, an uh, all-you-can-eat or uh, all-inclusive beach resort in Mazatlan for one night. Sounds so terrible. We got, yeah, we got there at like 4 or 5 o'clock on, uh, what was it, Wednesday? No, Thursday afternoon. No, Wednesday afternoon. Sat there on the beach, drinking, eating, telling hunting stories, and got picked up the next morning at 10, had like a four-and-a-half-hour drive to the spot, the hunting spot isn't in Mazatlan. It's four and a half hours northwest of there. It's like in between uh, Culiacan and Los Moches. Northwest which, of Mazatlan? Wouldn't that yeah, put you in the like, ocean? No, because the coastline goes like northwest okay. and southeast. Right. So you're pretty much just traveling along the coastline northwest. Right. Mazatlan is on the west side of Mexico. And uh, it's it, it was just fucking sweet man like uh we pull into the spot and it's just on a it's a hotel on a marsh basically and there's a little town there that it's all agriculture around there so there's a little town where everybody works either at the hunting lodge or um out in the agriculture fields and there's a three airboats there probably like 10 hotel rooms everybody had their own room their own bathroom. Oh, nice. They would drop off um, chips, like a pile of fresh-made chips and guacamole and salsa constantly. Like, we would <laughs> inhale it, and then there'd be another basket, another slab of guacamole. Wow. And, I mean, there was literally like a... There, there had to have been like six, seven, eight employees there just waiting on us, had like hand and foot. I couldn't like not drink because they'd be like, margarita and i'd be like nah and they'd be like margarita like yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay okay so we got there the first day hung out watched all the ducks like at the hotel is on the wetland and the airboats are parked right there well they never hunt they never hunt right out inside outside of the hotel and um so there's just mexican mallards Black-bellied whistling ducks, cinnamon teal, pintails, shovelers, everything just swimming around out there. All sorts of like 
different types of marsh birds that they have down in Mexico, like flying past, squawking, making noises while you're sitting there eating chips, having margaritas. Like, this is pretty darn cool. And uh, then the next morning you get up into the uh, get up. They serve you some breakfast in the in the dining area. We jump into some airboats and we go cruising through the cattails on these airboats and they drop you off. They have, uh, I think they said like 15 or 16 blinds and we broke off into teams of two. So there were six of us total and so there would be three blinds being hunted. And some of the blinds are, um, are better for different species for whatever reason. Hmm. Like all the guides know what's going on. Um... So the first morning, me and Dan went to the pintail blind. And uh, it's good for pintails and Mexican mallards. And then, like, Phil and uh, Phil and Steve, they went to the black-bellied whistling duck blind. And um, Jeff and Matt went to, like, the teal blind. Or a blind that's good for teal. I don't know if these were, like, the actual blind names. But they knew what type of, like, specific what type of species sure. we were likely to kill hunting these spots. And we... Just fucked them up, man. I mean, like... <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of decoy setup? Did they, did they have decoys, or are these just, like... They had some, or? like, old, shitty decoys. Dan actually brought them three sets of decoys, so we had a couple dozen, like, new decoys, oh, like nice. some Tangle Freeze. Like, he brought Cinnamon Teal down there and Pintails, and he left them at the lodge so they can use them. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, you don't need a plug in Mexico... So, you're just loading the gun completely full with lead. I brought my magazine tube with extension. With lead? <laughs> <laughs> I brought my tube extension with, uh, but unfortunately, they are also kind of going through an ammo uh, crunch in Mexico, and they didn't have a 20-gauge for me to shoot. Oh, wow. You didn't bring so any with my... you? Huh? You didn't bring ammo with you? No, you don't bring guns or ammo. They supply oh, all that. Oh, Okay. Because Mexico is pretty uh, strict. It's kind of a pain in the ass to bring guns in. Okay. I, th- I think I remember you telling me that one time. Yeah, they've got this, like, armored... They've got, like, this entire gun-safe room that's a, just a giant vault. And you walk in there and you pick out what gun you want to use. It's it, They didn't have anything there except Benelli's and Berettas. No, so Not bad choices. There was, like, there was like Benelli Montefeltro's, Benelli Super Black Eagle 2's, Benelli M1 Super 90's. They didn't have any Super Black Eagle 3s, but they had Benelli A400s, or Beretta A400s. So I shot an I shot an A400, is what I picked out. And they take a little sticker and put it on the gun, and it said Nick on it. So they knew nice. which gun to grab, like, to grab for me. That's and so the cool. first, yeah, and uh, so you're sitting in the blind, and I mean, the marsh just comes alive, man. And, like, by sunrise, you've probably shot a box of shells. <laughs> a lot of it is pass shooting. Sure. Like the marsh is extensive and uh like are the guides calling they, at all? Dude, Blast was a really good duck caller. This right. dude had um three different whistles on his lanyard and I brought my uh Pacific Calls deuces that I had kind of tuned lighter so it could sound like a teal and I brought a whistle, specifically a Tennessee Titans whistle that I bought out of a gas station for 50 cents <laughs> in Oklahoma. <laughs> But Blass, he had three whistles. He had a whistle just for the black-bellied whistling ducks that sounded really, like, really hollow and uh, high-pitched. Then he had another um, 
uh, whistle just for pintails that kind of had that bellow, you know, like that real, almost uh, dense sounding, I don't know, pintails don't sound like my Tennessee Titan whistle. Sure. They're a lot more, I don't know what word you would use to describe it. It's not so tinny. It's more okay. it's robust. Got some, got some bass to it. It's got some good good work. It's got some bass to it, like a pintail does. And then Blast also had another wheel or whistle just for teal. He had a teal whistle, and then he also held, had a uh, uh, a Primo's winch that he had tuned into a uh, into a teal call, a hen teal call, like. And uh, he also had a mallard call for the Mexican mallards. So we had a flock of like black-bellied whistling ducks come in. He called them in. Those things freaking eat up the call. Really? They come right to it. So we rained out like three of those, I think. How do they, so how do they I, like, can you kind of describe like, because they look kind of like gumpy birds. You know what I mean? Like they have these legs for sitting in trees and like, how are they on the wing? Are they graceful? On the are they wing? kind of clumsy or? No, they're definitely, uh, um goofy looking all around they're fucking dumb looking legs they're stupid looking bills and their eyeballs <laughs> that kind of look like they're a little too far apart for a duck yeah. like they're just they're i think they're fucking adorable they man do. well like they, they are, do they, they, they they're cartoonish they look very cartoonish. They're car- yeah 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 and i was actually surprised once i was holding one like how small their body was hmm. like their outsized legs like made me think like this was like at least a mallard sized duck right it's not. It's wow. like a gadwall-sized duck. Weird. Yeah, I, I've like, seen, I mean, I saw one when I was in uh, Florida, and they, yeah, they look bigger for whatever reason. They're not. Yeah, huh. it must just be their stance and their just general stupid look on their face. <laughs> 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 they are be- They are beautiful duck. And it's as we learned, they are delicious. Oh, we ate. Right. Yeah, all the black-bellied whistling ducks that we shot, because Phil and... Uh, Phil and Steve, they were actually in the black belly blind on morning one. I don't know how many they got. I think they at least got it another 10 or so over there. And plus, uh, Steve rolled a double out of a like a four-pack of Falvis Whistlers. Nice. I didn't get a chance at any Falvis. Steve got two. But between all the black bellies, like all the ducks we killed day one, um, before dinner, they just came out with this huge platter of duck breasts. We're like, what do we got here? And they're like, that's all the black bellies and all the pintails. And we just wiped that plate out. It was so good. How did they, cook, we talk- how did they cook them? They would marinate them, like marinate the breasts. They cut out all the breast meat, marinate them in, uh, I couldn't tell you, something delicious. And the, <laughs> something and then Mexican-y. They, and I don't know if they were skilleting them or grilling them. I'm pretty sure they were just skilleting them. And they were, yeah, it was, it was Mexican-y. It was delicious. Um, we smashed on them. Then, uh, so morning, it goes like this. Day one is a morning duck hunt. Come back, uh, a couple of uh, margaritas and lunch, then a nap, and then you go out dove hunting in the afternoon, and then that's a repeat on day two, a morning duck hunt, an afternoon dove hunt, and then day three is a morning dove hunt and an afternoon duck hunt. And by far, like, the dove hunting was, was pretty crazy, but... Morning three, they drove us like an hour to this spot to hunt doves, and I think I shot fourteen boxes of shells. Oh in like, my god! In like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen that stuff for Argentina, and it's just it's unreal. 
It's just and like constant loading and shooting. One thing I had to learn uh, about myself and about dove hunting is I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> so 14, 14 boxes of, of, of shells and I killed 20 doves. <laughs> Dude, I'm not going to lie. All right. I finished my I finished my first box of shells. And this is on morning three. Like, I've already been shooting at doves for two afternoons, right? I finished one box of shells. I cracked my second box. And I know there was a couple birds in the bush that we hadn't picked up yet. But in my personal pile... There was three. Oh my god! And I was like, I was like, oh god, dude. That means if I shoot a case of shells, I'm gonna have thirty doves sitting here. <laughs> did you did you go down in shot size at all? For those, uh, we were shooting like seven. I think seven shots or okay. seven and a half. Right. Yeah, that's. But it was all like high brass field loads. Yeah, that's but uh, um, about what you would shoot for them. Yeah, I shoot. I've shot a lot of pigeons in my life. Decoying pigeons. This was not decoying pigeons. Like morning doves and white wing doves are. It, it's a different animal. They can and fly the, super fast. And it's it's just like these snap reaction shots. It's not like you're sitting in a layout blind and you know they're gonna come right to your pile of decoys or to your spinner. And yeah, pigeons are pretty fast, but they're a hell of a lot bigger than a morning dove. Right. So these morning doves. We're just kind of like, we're in like a thicket of cactuses, basically, which would I would describe as like their loafing area, like an area where a lot of doves move through throughout the day, like probably in between their feed source and their roost source. I wasn't exactly able to pin down like the fuck kind of a situation are all these doves in here for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> But they're just shitloads of doves coming in and out at all times. And they placed us in weird spots around it. Dude, I got shot seven times. Are you serious? On morning three. Yeah, but it was, you know, it felt like a, I got flicked. You get rained by, on, like, or actually yeah, shot at? A little pellet would hit me on the forearm or in the boot. Jesus. Or you'd, you'd hear all the pellet, like, because everybody's hunting this one little bushy area. And it just sounds like a fucking war, even though there's only six shooters. <laughs> it's just constant. And you could hear, like, when a gun went off and it was louder than everyone. Yeah, like, right. oh, them pellets oh, are coming this these way. Ones are coming this way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the doves, too, they fly around at, like, five feet off the ground. Like, you rarely shot not five feet off the ground. Like, dude, you, I was so scared I was going to Dick Cheney somebody out there. Man, like especially my bird boy, because you'd shoot a you'd shoot a dove and he'd go scurrying off, and I'd be like, I got to keep my eye on him. He's like, <laughs> is he like the the ball boy on a tennis match. He just sprints out there, grabs it, and sprints back. Well, not exactly, because we're in a cactus thicket, and he's got a machete. So like, you're raining doves all over the place, and they got to go in there and get him. And you're like, and the, he might have marked like three or four doves that have fallen here, there, and the other place. So he's like maneuvering through the bush. So every time a dove comes by, you're like, my uh, dove guy, his name was Alberto. I'm like, where the fuck is Alberto? Like, I'm really not, <laughs> really don't want to shoot Alberto. Like, can you imagine how much I would have had to tip that guy if I shot oh him in the god. face? <laughs> oh my god! At They're least, not even wearing like safety five glasses. Five American dollars. It felt it wasn't unsafe because of me. I was making it safe. Right, right. But if like. Somebody was unscrupulous. Like Blast, Blast was showing us he has pellets in his legs from a like a from a dude like four years ago. 
Yeah, you have to assume it happens. I mean, that just sounds like they should come up with a better system. <laughs> okay, you would think, like, if you're hunting a thicket, that all of us would kind of be, like, huddled in the middle of the thicket, and we would be shooting outwards to the outside of the thicket, right? Sure. But it was, like, us around the exterior of the thicket, all shooting towards the interior. Yeah, it was like a, <laughs> It was like a big circle of guys all shooting towards each other. Yeah, that that sounds like with terrible. all of our with all of our bird boys in the mix somewhere. Wow. And all, you know, it was it wasn't dangerous, but it had the feeling like it could be. Right. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I I would be a little un, unnerved by that. I think. But another thing too, I I just was not used to taking shots like that, such quick reaction shots. And uh, just uh, just getting used to how we hunt them. Okay, yeah, there's gonna be, Alberto's gonna be running around. I got to keep my eyes out for that. This is how this is all goes down. You're getting used to how the game gets played, right? And in the middle, you are humbling yourself by missing and missing and missing. And then somewhere about halfway through the third day, that morning where we where I went through 14 boxes, by box five, I was starting to get really dialed in. I got myself a true triple. Like three doves, it was like five doves came by. I was like, bang, 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 dropped three of them. Like, that made me feel better. You know, like I'm feeling a little better about today. I got a handful of true doubles at that point, which up until that morning, I did not get a single true double. Like, I was just lucky if I was dropping one. It takes, it took me like, what I was figuring is it took me those four boxes of shells just to figure out, like, what shots I can't hit. And what kind of lead were you having to put on these? It feels like a Pretty far. straight crossing shot. Oh, like eight feet sometimes? Yeah, yeah those things like, can really move, man. They're moving. And like a lot of missed shots just to figure out like, all right, don't shoot at a dove doing that. Because you're not going to hit it. Right. <laughs> and so I got a true triple. And at one point I went six for six. Ooh. Not on any double. Like, I think there might have been a true double in that six you know but it was in like within two minutes i had shoot one shoot two three i went six shots for six so now i'm i'm starting to feel a little better but by the end of the day my my 14 boxes of shells didn't equal very <laughs> i mean not it wasn't that many doves but i at least started to feel like okay i'm getting the hang of it i don't totally suck at this i'm not gonna shoot alberto uh this is fun uh, you know it was kind of stressful at first, just adjusting to it. Like, why the fuck is Alberto out there? I'm going to fucking shoot him, and I can't hit any of these doves, and I'm not having fun. But then you gotta, you, you take a couple breaths, you drink a Pacifico. Nice. <laughs> you just relax. <laughs> you know, just watch him a little bit, and yeah, then it, it, then it was fun. And, Sounds amazing. And I then saw some of the birds you guys are shooting, going back to the ducks. It looked awesome. I mean, like, just as plumed as they're ever going to get, you know? Oh, yeah. Dude, and then our third day was an afternoon duck hunt, and I think that was my favorite duck hunt, man, because, like, the airboat ride wasn't through cold cactails where you're, like, trying not to get splashed because it's, like, 55 degrees. It's really windy, and you're not dressed for the winter down there. So, like, I was just painted myself in some sunscreen and basically had, like, a shirtless cat, uh, shirtless, uh, airboat ride out to the blind and like the action was just as fast as in the morning wow all those airboats cruising around in that marsh too just basically 
riled the whole marsh up. So when birds would come back in to settle down, like it was fast and furious. Even got two doves out in the marsh the cool. last day. Cool. And uh, yeah, it was just an awesome, any, awesome, any, like, awesome uh, trip. Crocodiles or alligators or anything cool like that. We saw one iguana. Just one. Just one. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And then there was a bunch of common house geckos crawling all over the walls. Mm, sure. Those things are super adorable, but I found out that Matt was terrified of them. <laughs> so I took it upon myself to collect them every night and hide them in Matt's room and on Matt's body or down his shirt or in his food. That's beautiful. In his food. <laughs> I didn't put any in his food. I didn't kill any as far either. As he like, knows. I didn't. <laughs> we all had a blast though man I, I it i would love to go back every single year to so, that trip i'm hoping to go back in two years but there's season the, down there what is the what's go. your species list that you got like what's the total not total like numbers but like total species okay i'm gonna tell you right now i gotta look it up i did write down every single species that we got um we got morning doves, white wing doves, ground doves, collared doves, red uh, red billed pigeons, which is a um, a wild pigeon species in Mexico. Um, we got four gambles quail, oh, and nice. we ate the we ate the quail too, and uh, that was the first time I ate a quail. That was delicious. And then here's the duck list: blue wing teal, green wing teal, pintails, um, spoonies, cinnamon teal, Mexican mallards, black bellied whistling ducks. Widgeons, Gadwall, Ruddy, Falvis, Canvasback, Bluebill. Dope. Dude, that sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> what was the one you mentioned? In the, oh, so the Mexican mallard. Any different from our mallards? Or they just don't migrate. They look like a model duck, and I don't know okay. about their migration. If they, um, oh, wait, I don't know if they migrate. They, didn't they just uh, kind of give them their own designation? I think so. Like recently? I think you're yeah, right about I think we talked about that. Yes, and uh, they've actually been... Uh, I've seen a couple things like popping up on my Google alerts about Mexican mallard uh, abundances like skyrocketing the last few years. They've been doing really well. That's right. Now I remember. Yeah. So yeah. They Those like things loved my little Pacific calls deuces I brought down there. And mm. Blast is like, damn, you're good. You're a duck. Good, good duck caller. Or what would he say? Bueno. Bueno. Like when I'd call in a Mexican mallard. Mm -hmm. And they are they are very decoy friendly. Nice. I very much enjoyed shooting the Mexican mallards. I very much enjoyed it. <laughs> and uh, the trifecta, dude. The cinnamon teal so high on my list to get. God, the things are cool. But, dude, that um, spoonie you got that you posted. Holy crap. Are, oh, yeah, dude. This, the spoonies are just gorgeous. Are, did anybody bring everything's anything gorgeous. back for the wall? If you look on my Instagram post, there's one canvas back there. That got brought back for the wall. Okay. Not my wall. Sure. But a wall. But... But a wall, it got it got brought back, and uh, I don't think anything else got brought back. Those guys cleaned everything, and like every night, we would have a pile of ducks, a pile of doves. Like we we ate as much as we could every single day, and then the rest just went to the families of the guys who worked there. And at one point, I was just sitting out um, in between a uh, morning dove hunt or morning hunt and an afternoon hunt, and this uh, woman came walking in. So that was the first woman I'd seen in three days. So it had my attention. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she had my attention. I'm like, oh, what is she doing? Somebody grab her. <laughs> and I saw her walking out with two big bags of duck breasts that oh, were nice. in the marinade. 
that they prepared. So like it definitely I wonder if that village just is fed for six months off the ducks from that marsh. That's pretty sweet. And those guys they they would take to every time we got back, they'd grab the wheelbarrows, fill up the wheelbarrows full of ducks and doves. And bring them over to the cleaning shed, and there'd be like seven of them. They just take, they could, they were cleaning them. It'd take them ah, about an hour and a half, two hours um, of cleaning. They'd get them all done after every hunt. They never let them sit around. Got them right cleaned up. It was awesome. Dude, that's badass. That sounds like amazing. You know what? Probably really good is like duck tamales. You know, you just like slow cook them till the meat falls apart, like pulled beef, and then make tamales like that. Oh man, I bet that'd be amazing. That would be good. And in terms of meals, too, we got, like, pancakes and eggs for breakfast and uh, steak for dinner. Um, yeah, just good good food. Dude, that's awesome. Super jealous. Yeah, looking at your snaps and, and stuff that you post, I was like, dang, that looks amazing. Oh, and I really wasn't getting drunk on every single hunt. Oh, whatever. That's a lie. <laughs> we all know that's a lie. <laughs> I was collecting that. They would bring you a cooler, and there'd be like uh, like three beers in there for each person. So I'd, I'd grab like everybody's trash and put it in a pile and take a picture, and I wrote on my Snapchat every night, I promised myself I wouldn't get drunk on tonight's hunt. Or, I promised myself I would. And those bottles were just those uh, seven-ounce bottles. Right on. Yeah, so, I don't know, people were like, I got a couple messages like, blah, 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 I shouldn't be putting it out that you're getting drunk, like, it's kind of a joke, you know, right. I would hope people would understand that are I'm not just getting of, shit-faced. Are you aware of sarcasm, sir? <laughs> but any, anything you post on the internet is automatically real. Oh, automatically real, and the only thing people really care about is any any chance to correct you about anything. Like, right. they just... I don't know what part of the human psyche that that taps into, but boy, is it on display all the time, amplified. And a hunt like going down there, uh, another thing that you'll hear a lot about is like, Jesus Christ, how could you kill so many fucking ducks? Like, me and Dan killed like 20 pintails the first morning, right? And uh, like, well, you can only shoot one up here. You guys just go down there and decimate the population. Like, the limits are set. right. For a reason, and the reason is, okay, how many pintails do you think you should be able to shoot in California? One. Why is that? Because there's 75,000 hunters hunting in right. California. What would the limit, what do you think the pintail limit should be in California if there was 750 people hunting, right? Right, yeah, right. That's, that's why the Pacific Coast, too, gets 107-day duck season and can shoot seven mallards. It's not because they have way more ducks, it's because they have way less hunters. So. Right. Um, there's just so few hunters and so few ducks being killed in Mexico that you're allowed, you're able to have these extremely liberal limits. But I mean, I can see if you're sitting around and you'd like, you know, we can't shoot, we can't shoot more than one pintail here in America and you can go down there and just fucking massacre them. Well, how's like, that? look, we're not, we're not massacring them any worse than a typical thunderstorm in that area. Yeah. Well, how is it any different, um, for, let's say people on the east coast that can only shoot one or two mallards and you can go to canada and shoot eight hens sure sure oh, because oh. in canada the canada just does, does not have the hunters yeah same, it's, a, it's, it's the, the exact yeah, same thing exactly but you don't see people getting bent out of shape over that it's like the, you do you do see people getting bent out of shape yeah, about i don't really it. see too much hate on that <laughs> and everybody just kind of knows that they're gonna all be brown ducks because the drakes aren't plumed out yet as they're coming through canada 
which and for we all should know at least that the Henry restriction on mallards is stupid anyways right but i don't want to go off on that tangent again <laughs> yeah we don't have to go off no, on that tangent let's that. just stick to it's stick to stupid. fun so anyways that uh that nearly concludes my hunting season. Just got a few. Just got a few more things in the oven. Almost your, still. your next is uh, Canada goose, ain't it? Honker. I think I'm doing. Think I'm doing honker hunting in in Canada next. That would be pretty cool. And when is that? I was thinking about March, the weekend of March 26th, 27th. Oh wow, really late. That's so cool. Yep. That's cool. Well, I'll be hopefully have. Uh, a few piles of dead snows under my belt by then i'll head out there south dakota march 7th march 7th you're heading out there yep that's where that I gives me hope live. that the winter is coming to an end yeah as there's supposed to be a bunch of snow coming i know right Ugh. but i mean it is still february so right i'm ready for this <laughs> winter to end so we can there? start we can what? What's all the noise? What are you doing over there? Is it noisy? My wife's coming in. Should we end the podcast? Oh, yeah. It just sounded like you are shuffling. I don't know, shuffling papers or... I don't know what you're doing, but... Yeah. Anyways, all right. Well, that was cool. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Give everybody... Uh, so our, our unofficial sponsor for this week will be uh, that group you went. So give everybody that information again. They should all Ultimate go like Waterfowlers, it on Ultimate Waterfowlers Challenge... And it's uh, the UWC Adventures. UWC and, uh, Adventures. Yeah, it's the off season. Make sure you uh, check out Goose Tech if you want to improve your goose calling before next season. Everybody says it. I want to get better this off season. Well, damn it, do it. Well, do it. Well, do it. And if you don't remember the last time that you donated $35 to Ducks Unlimited and to Delta Waterfowl, then it's probably time to do it again. Oh, That's our go. other unofficial sponsor. We got to support these conservation organizations so I can keep massacring ducks in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> we need to keep those numbers up so I can shoot more than my fair share of pintails right. <laughs> every two years. <laughs> Think about awesome, it, though. Dude. When's the last time? Did have Has a magazine not showed up for a while? Probably lapsed on your, uh, on your uh, you know, subscription. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. That's my advice. It's money well spent. It ain't much for, for the amount of money that we spend on everything else in this hobby of ours. Like an annual subscription, it really is not that expensive. Right. But all right, dude. Well, yeah, have yourself a good one. We'll chat next week. Sounds good, dude. All right, bye. Bye. Bye.